Welcome to the FTF Exchange Podcast. This is Maureen Lowe, founder and president of FTF. In this podcast series, we speak with industry professionals from leading financial and technology firms in capital markets. We will discuss an array of topics from current events to the latest fintech updates to human interest stories from time to time. Through these discussions, we strive to foster thought leadership and information sharing, and we certainly welcome comments and feedback for future episodes. Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to another edition of the FTF Exchange podcast series. Today, we are speaking with David Kirk, who is the Chief Technology Officer for Quad, and Justin Van Til, who serves as Senior Vice President, Product and Strategy for Quad. Quad provides market data on demand for the global financial services industry. Quad serves clients by providing capabilities to stream, embed, lookup, or download pricing for equities, fixed income, indices, options, futures, and end-of-day pricing for global mutual funds. The company serves banks, broker-dealers, insurance companies, and financial technology providers. First, could you two uh, just introduce yourself to our listeners? Sure. Thank you, Eugene. This is Justin. I've been in the space for 25 years, or thinking back uh, into 1995, where uh, Jeff Bezos built an online marketplace for books. And now we're talking about cutting-edge software built upon APIs, driving financial technology where Quad lives. But at a background, my entire career has been within wealth management technology. Um, my expertise was really in asset allocation, portfolio construction, performance analytics. And six years ago, uh, joined Quad and really focused on the market data space. Um, I, you know, product and strategy and marketing and working with our executive team to help grow the business. A lot of the time is working with partnerships, um, building some of the big distribution relationships, adding to our product set, and ultimately driving a product roadmap uh, where we, we hope to be an industry leader. So thank you so much for your time today. And I appreciate being able to work with you, FTF, and also very fortunate with the team and having added David to our firm uh, in Q1 last year as our CTO, we're very fortunate. So, David? Yeah, thanks, Justin. Thanks, Eugene. Like Justin said, my name is David Kirk. I'm the CTO at Quad. Um, my background is a bit of a mix of product development and consulting. Uh, but in the fintech space, I was previously the VP of engineering at TradeStation, uh, where I focused a lot on cloud transformation, web, mobile, and API development. Okay. So please remind our listeners how Quad came to be. Sure. It, it, the story is really a, a solution that offered, you know, single asset class content, mutual funds. And its evolution became, uh, you know, a few years back, you can consider us a comprehensive global aggregator of market data content. Where today, we're a technology firm, and it's a digital uh, where we have a, a offering where you can consume our market data and then also a platform. And um, But let me give you kind of the history. We go back 10, 15 years, you know, our CEO, Bob Ward, and some of our directors uh, at Quad, you know, they were at a firm called SunGuard. And SunGuard, which is now FIS, one of the largest bank technology platforms that also service the BD, capital markets, et cetera. Back then, the firms like SunGuard, and there are many, were spending the upwards of well over $100 million on market data. And those firms said, hey, there might be a better way of doing this, right? Prices kept going up every year. And so the question is when, you know, Bob, who's a, an entrepreneur uh, and with our board and New Spring Holdings, which is our private equity firm that owns us, we decided to kind of put the pieces together to commercialize a comprehensive source for global pricing and reference data. Now, 
with who's in that space, ICE, Refinitiv, Bloomberg, FactSet, Six, all excellent providers. But we wanted to have a seat at the table. So the evolution goes back about five years ago where we acquired VMS. VMS, decade-long enabler of audited NAVs, distributions, accrual factors, which are mill rates, or calendars on almost 40,000 funds. But that was a single source, right? So that's the beginning of our story. But if you then think about the marketplace within wealth management servicing, they wanted a total solution, fixed income, equities, global. So what we did, and this goes back about four years ago, we partnered with IHS Market, which is now S&P Global. And they are one of the leading providers of, you know, with 4 million bonds, but it's more than that. Uh, within the fixed income sphere, with pricing and reference data and transparency and technology, we became their partner within the wealth servicing space. And it's an extraordinary partnership. But that wasn't enough. We needed a full solution. So we acquired Quad. So Quad at that point was, think of it as a ticker plant, had all the securities and took all the equities, options, et cetera, from the exchanges and normalized that data. So now in one place, we had the mutual funds, we partnered with global funds, we had fixed income from IHS market, now S&P, and then Quad. Now, at that point, this is in the story, we were more of like the aggregator of market data content. So we had bank technology platforms, large financial institutions that might have been consuming our audited NAVs. They said, hey, can you give me more? And ultimately, uh, this is where I think the handoff is to David, we got to a point where there was needed technical modernization. So even within the Quad story, it's fair to say we needed to become a technology firm versus becoming a, just a market data provider. And that's a distinction with the real difference. But just for the background, Quad today, and there's other kind of product sets that's not you know, germane to this conversation where we're talking about the digital side of middle to back office servicing. Quad offers products across it. But I think it's core pricing, reference data, and how do we deliver that in a digital manner? That's what we're doing today, and that's where you know David is taking the lead from a technology standpoint. Yeah, my my history doesn't go back quite as far as Justin's. I I came onto the scene um, a little over two years ago. I was introduced to Bob Ward, our CEO, and really, like Justin was saying, there was already this idea that to make the transition to a more technology focused company, and there was a pretty traditional cloud migration. Uh, kicking off around that time. And I came on as an advisor actually to say, hey, how's this going? And um, started helping out there, but me and Bob really got to talk and Justin and I got to talk and, you know, about this shift in technology um, and said, hey, we need to do something more substantial. You know, just the typical move to the cloud isn't a differentiator. Um, so it was shortly after that, that I came on full-time as CTO and we we're kind of off to the races building up a new team and uh, thinking about things differently really uh, got going full speed at that point. Okay, so so Quad serves many market segments. For this conversation, though, we want to focus on the wealth management industry. What do you see as the top pricing, reference data, corporate actions, and analytics concerns of those firms working in wealth management, such as uh, banks, trusts, broker-dealers, and their supporting platforms? I think First off, Eugene, there's a mismatch between the value received and the fees that are paid for market data. That comes back to the legacy entrenched providers that um, they had the, uh, the pricing power. So the economics, the service levels, transparency, over the years when there's fewer players, more dominant entrenched leaders, you, you have that mismatch. 
And so more specifically, what does that mean? Within market data, taking the price or reference data or understanding a factor on a bond, it can get as detailed within the market data space. Firms were often forced to pay for data they didn't use or worse off if they were taking a multiple data element across multiple business lines, they were charged each time. So the, I think the primary concern was margins were hit. There was very little transparency. There are others. We don't have time in this podcast to go through all of them. But to simplify it, uh, we had to look at it and say, okay, if those are the concerns, and at the same time, the data consumption patterns has evolved. It's been a move to a flexible work environment. The back and middle office workflows, which are often, you know, everyone's in the office trying to download off the same system, they can't do that anymore. So modern interfaces that had customizable lookups, that became kind of the answer because the concern was, hey, if I need to have advanced mnemonics or run these downloads and I'm working at home, you add that concern with kind of the economic concern. And then you kind of add kind of, the, I guess, more specifically, the last big one. And this comes down to, you know, fixed income is, is a good example of this. And it's a partnership with IHS Market, now S&P Global. Um, Outside of economics and the changing data consumption patterns, within the wealth management servicing industry, fixed income is paramount of importance that you're giving timely and, and information where they understand why there's price variances. So a, a good example, and we have to do this with all of our data content, whether it's international funds, the NAVs, with the equities, if there's a mismatch, if there's a variance, and whether it's a primary source of data or a secondary source of data, can you tell us why? And not only why, what's the color, what's the rationale for a variance, but do it in a timely manner. So to oversimplify this, you know, Eugene, across the bank space and the BD space and the platforms and the RIAs, the big insurance companies that, you know, we talk to and we listen to them as we evolve our product, which is driven what we're going to end up talking about, which is the Universe Plus platform. It really comes down to economics, changing work environment, and really providing rationale for the variances. So you put that all together, and those are the major concerns from our standpoint of many. Yeah, a couple a couple things I'll add on. I mean, you, you hit on some of the big ones that come to mind for me from the technology perspective, but um, that transparency and billing, the ability to uh, have more fine-grained control of w what the offerings are, um, the world's kind of changing in that sense that we have different personas using different data. Does the technology enable uh, going to market with these variations? And then the switching costs, right? I think about this a lot with lowering friction through how to adopt these APIs or, you know, data solutions are not all APIs. Some of them are just content, but the switching costs are so high, people can't get out. They, they, they feel trapped. And so if we lower those switching costs, reduce the friction, and then provide those fine-grained um, content access and the transparency that they've been lacking, that starts to get really interesting. The CEO of Quad, Bob Ward, has been talking about the concept of cutting the cord when it comes to firms rethinking their market data suppliers. So how real is, is the prospect that firms will want to mix traditional and streaming market data offerings? So the short answer, it's inevitable and it's already taking place. And I, David is better suited to provide more context of how we deliver it. But let me spend a minute on Bob Ward's article that was published last last month. In essence, we're talking about that market data consumption patterns have changed. The legacy providers, and we know the, the large monolithic you know, market data platforms, they'll always have a seat at the table. 
However, modern technology platforms with customized delivery models will also, and I think what we're, our focus here is through digital and really changing the paradigm uh, to, to make that same content that used to be in an end of day as easy to use and consuming that on demand and multiple delivery models. That is the new paradigm and that's behind us. I think that was more of a, a narrative that Bob promulgated and there's been extraordinary feedback in the industry on it. And now we're it's just, we're delivering it. And I think David can give you more on how we're doing that. Yeah. I, I mean, I'll focus on that mix of streaming and traditional offering really in my mind, all data is going to converge towards streaming in real time. I think we see this in other verticals. I mean, who wants more stale data? I mean, it might be the nature of the beast right now. This is how organizations are kind of entrenched in their way, but everything sort of leans towards that. Uh, you know, if streaming is a bit relative, but uh, the more real time, the more up to date. Um, so all those systems that we build, you know, bake that assumption in that it needs to be, if it's not today, it will be in the future uh, intraday or streaming in real time, even things, I mean, some things, I guess, quarterly reports aren't going to ever be more real time than quarterly. And a lot of firms are still doing end of day, but even some of the most old school firms are coming to us and saying like, Hey, you know what? Our customers expect this to be more up to date, this content to be more up to date. So there's a natural convergence towards uh, everything being streaming in real time. And then, you know, if I bake it into my system, our platform has that built in, you know, it's easier to slow it down for somebody who needs that traditional data and then have it ready for them as they kind of mature or that their customers start to demand it. It's an easy button for us. So we make, we bake that assumption in. And the other thing that we find is by allowing to compose the traditionally fast moving data, as I call it, with the slow moving data, we're finding interesting use cases that people just didn't even, they assumed weren't possible. But we can, you know, mix and match them through entitlements, and there are other use cases that just were unserved. Um, so I think it's pretty common. So, how will this new mix of offerings impact the market data infrastructure, wealth management, and investment advisory firms? I mean, I think a lot of these firms. It goes along with what I was just saying that a lot of these firms are already on their own tech cloud modernization. Uh, you know, they're even coming to us saying, like, how will this? How will it work? How will your content work? you know, as they're maybe you know, making a move to AWS. Um, it seems like every organization across many verticals is doing this. One of the examples that comes to mind is they might be trying to re-envision how bulk data drops work. And a lot of these firms still do historical, you know, SFTP file transfers or even email. You know, we see, and I, I think there's even organizations out there still doing fax delivery on some of these things. But as they modernize, um, which most are, and if they're not, you know, they're either well on their way or they're about to be, we want to be the natural fit, maybe even accelerate that transformation for them. Um, and we even see requests coming in now, like, Hey, how does this work? If we could just have a shared, um, AWS file share, or we, we want to do a network connect through software defined networking instead of a traditional, you know, data center, you know, call the ops person. So it really does change you know, how you engage and how fast you engage, the, the, the rate of change really increases. But we want to be on the front of that curve, not kind of riding the, the you know, late adopters. We're there to help the early adopters and, and learn from those experiences and make it real easy transition into the modern tech stacks that they're already 
they're already heading to, towards. Mm-hmm. And that has major implications uh, to the firms that um, are looking. They have a broker-dealer system, a trust system, RIA platform, and you have different data sets coming in from the different systems. And well, which is the single version of truth? Uh, which reference data, which descriptive element goes in a report, et cetera. They all want a common platform. So why is this important? So a technology process that David and team have built where you can easily ingest, normalize, and productize any market data for consumption at the same time that we're bringing together best-of-breed content, our own content, IHS fixed-income content, all these content, by putting it together, what? how does that firm win that has the investment advisory side, the wealth side, and the bank? Operating margins go up, operations and services connected, and we're getting that more and more within to our sales and marketing organization are these major firms, whether they go through a merger or whether they have complex systems or they're trying to service multiple channels at the same time. At the end of the day, if you don't have a technology process that enables that, you're just going to have problems and your, your operating margins are going to go down. So that's how another how we look at it from more of a commercial product standpoint. Okay. So could we talk a little bit about the process and the technology that's happening for these market data aggregators or the or the Bloombergs of the world? Sure. I think this is a good question to tease up what we'll talk about in a few minutes on Universe Plus, which is our platform. But, you know, if you think about the process, you know, whether you're using an aggregator or a marketplace to consume your content or one of the industry leaders like a Bloomberg where it's all their own content. Really, from a process standpoint, it comes down to the client experience. We're all trying to have a unified client experience. It just is different depending on whoever you decide to source from. From a technology standpoint, and the key here is to eliminate the friction. The switching costs should be dramatically re- removed. So therefore, we got to think about the perspective, right? From the marketplaces or the aggregators, they will always have a place. Okay. There's not opinionated content, any content you want, multiple APIs, disparate experiences, most likely, right? That's one side of it. Then the other side is Bloomberg, which is obviously a firm. We are not a Bloomberg. Bloomberg will always have a place in the front office for trading, for inventory, for messaging. But as we think about this conversation of Universe Plus in the context of the back to middle office, okay, firms have a decision to make. Um, would they do they want an, a primary source for pricing or a secondary source? And in this case, we are an alternative to a Bloomberg, but it's not only Bloomberg. Um, within the ICE environment, there's 360 View and Remote Plus. They're all excellent applications, but that's kind of where we live. If you think about where's the quad solution, what's a, an analog to it? It could be like an icon where you're using the old data scope. So those are solutions where you have a platform, you have an end-of-day solution, and that's where we have evolved as, we, again, we went from a single source of content to an aggregator of content, now to a digital platform. Yeah, and to the point you ask about process meeting technology there, I mean, they obviously go hand-in-hand, hand, right? We, we have to, you know, Justin mentioned the lower friction, without, you know, looking at those processes, analyzing them, and making the technology uh, purpose-built to, to fit those cases, you know, we can't advance the state of the art. So that that's what kind of drives us on the platform. Okay. And, um, well, there was mention of Universe Plus as one of the key offerings of, of Quad, and it offers uh, front-to-back office workflow links. Could you provide our listeners with a, a little bit of an overview of the technology that makes that possible, that link? Sure. Uh, Universe Plus uh, was built as a portal to truly connect the front-to-back office workflows. Um, you know, what is it? It's a comprehensive 
security pricing reference data and analytics portal. It covers all asset classes. It integrates best of breed content providers for funds, equities, and fixed income. I noted the partners a few minutes ago. And I think the key to think about Universe Plus is that it's used as a primary source or a secondary source. As a primary source, this is an extension of our universal data service, which is the end of day processes typically done through SFTP or scheduled reports um, for global pricing and reference data. What we found is um, many firms just are looking for a lookup or a query where they already have a primary source of global pricing and reference data. And so what we ended up doing, and this goes back in uh, 2019, and we launched an early version in 2020, working with a handful of bank technology platforms and a family office platform, was we built a, what in essence is a lookup function, single security lookup function of all securities around the world, and then a query functionality to do some bulk downloads of global pricing and reference data. You know, an analog would be, um, if someone's working with ICE, they would have 360 view and remote plus, Someone's working with Refinitiv, they might use Icon or Datascope, and Bloomberg surely is a secondary source for most of the industry. But what we wanted to do was um, differentiate ourselves, but just become more fit for purpose within middle to back office. And for the concerns I mentioned prior, I'd like to just share kind of the teams that use this on a day on basis, and it's fund administration, fund accounting, institutional wealth management servicing, custody, trade operations, et cetera. But it's really now for us, as we've built this platform, it comes down to the teams and the purpose and the workflow. And it gets so, you know, basically built for purpose, security master, pricing and reference data, performance versus research, reporting, firms that are doing data validation, whether it's price validation or reference data validation, setting up new accounts or onboarding. So within the Universe Plus platform, whether used as a primary source or a secondary source. We've built it with really a common objective at a high level, um, market data on demand that's economic, right? The pricing works uh, for firms relative to kind of the old model of a certain monthly amount per user for a terminal. Um, at a high level, just give you a sense of the, its progress. Uh, this spring, we did a soft launch. Uh, we took dozens of our institutional customers and service providers are now on Universe Plus. We've had another dozen come on board, whether it be a retirement or a record keeper, private bank, family office, trust bank. And this October, we'll be doing an industry launch. And we'll be excited to work with FTF, where we're going to do a webinar. Um, and we'll bring together a partner, customer, um, a colleague of a mine, and then an industry leader, and really talk about where we've taken this platform. But I just wanted all to kind of get a sense of what is Universe Plus, but what it drives, uh, known kind of in the industry now as Uni Plus, and we're a technology firm, is what David and his team has been able to put together, where it's more than, you know, data on demand isn't just a, a tagline, it's really something we've delivered. So, yeah, I'll, I'll dig into the how a little bit more i mean that's that's definitely you know the okay. gives the context for what uni uni plus is but um i'll try not to geek out too much on you here uh, but I, I give a little flavor for you know so, some of the pieces or the patterns you kind of we mentioned that you know how does the process and technology go together you know i look for those patterns that we see repeated and need to be optimized so we can focus on the differentiating value and really what we've developed is uh, a cloud native platform that's specifically optimized for ingesting and cataloging both fast and slow moving data. 
And, you know, we, we mentioned kind of the streaming and the slow data earlier, but, you know, I tend to think about the real time aspect of it as sort of like equity ticks of the market, uh, the traditional stuff. And then slow moving might be like reference data, end of day files and so on and so forth. All that data flows into this platform um, is ingested into and cataloged into the same system, really. Um, and then around that, we have this collection of building block APIs that really become the fuel. Right? We have a whole, this whole other line of fuel that powers all our digital experiences. And because they come from that common catalog, we can drive a lot of consistency, data integrity, all the reliability that you know should be taken for granted from a cloud platform today. We're able to go really fast and kind of maintain these same uh, data traceability, audit capabilities, uh, scale, and so on and so forth. So that kind of forms the um, data platform piece of this. And then there's a whole another piece that's right on top of that, which, which would be the Universe Plus product is also a platform for modular web applications. And it might be too much detail geeking out here a little bit, but it allows for each of these workflows to really be their own app. And if they're their own app, we can independently version and release. And, you know, well, why is that important to a customer? Why does anybody care about that? But it really comes down to being able to iterate extremely quickly, getting feedback from our customers and then getting it out to the application. You know, our clients love that. If we can go and we do a workshop and they say, you know what, it's great, but I wish it did this. Nothing delights them like being able to come back, you know, later that week or the next week and say like, you mean like this? And that's excellent. Most people don't move at that pace. And that's kind of why the platform is important. And that's why it needs to be bespoke for our use case. Um, and it's in its infancy in a lot of respects. We think there's a lot of room still to grow. But by optimizing on those key lanes, um, we've been able to do a lot fast. Mm-hmm. And at the risk of getting a little more geeky, how does Universe Plus interact with incumbent applications such as uh, core accounting systems? How are the data feeds set up and managed? You mentioned APIs and some other things. So just a little bit more on that. Yeah, I think I can uh, cover it without getting too geeky. We'll, we'll keep it at kind of the u- user flow. Um, an example I think of is there's, there's always a spectrum of how our users want to interact with our systems. And because you know, we're building on this common platform. I mean, we're able to kind of create different on-ramps and experiences for where each customer's journey or persona fits. Um, the example I'll give is, um, say a user setting up their securities of interest, right? An SOI or their security list that they want to run queries and report against. Well, at the most basic level, you, you might just be doing an ad hoc report and they would copy and paste, right? And that works great. And they can kind of put a few in and they can you know, check some values for a, a one-off case. Well, you know, you probably have more process around it than that to, to use this tool in a substantial way. So you might have another user who uploads this file through, you know, the, the user interface with their permissions, but then they can share it out and they can say other users can maybe work from the same uh, common set of data. Okay, well, that's a little bit more integrated. Well, because everything's powered by that common set of APIs, we can go a little bit further. We could say, well, all our tools are built on these API, you can programmatically create your uh, backend systems today, can integrate and share that data to those users. So it kind of becomes this blended experience where you can use the tools, um, you kind of mature into the tools or get as advanced and customized as you like, um, but be effective every, every spot along that journey. It doesn't have to be a big lift. I hope that makes sense. 
Yeah. What do you see as the, the future of market data and the wealth management sector? And, and what role will Quad play in that? I think the key is a unified experience. Um, truly trying to connect the front to back office workflows. Um, I think a lot of people write about it on their websites and talk about it on their white papers, but we, you, technology is crucial to delivering that. And so in terms of the future, uh, in order to get there, we need to move switching costs as close to zero as possible. Um, and in doing that, uh, we also got to recognize we still need to move the balance of power where it's been tilted for so long to some of the largest um, market data providers where you've got you know, a 5% increase or now inflation 9% increases without new technology and making it easier. So I think in summary, you know, if you think about the experience, removing the friction, uh, becoming on the same page as a true partner with the platform or the financial institution, I think that's ultimately where we see the future um, and how we're trying to impact it. When you think about um, you know, why are we doing all this and kind of What's the real benefit of market data on demand besides some of those benefits before? We really got to drive fingertip intelligence and those analytics and better decision making. Because, I mean, market data, when done the way we're delivering it, where you're giving fingertip knowledge, what's the end benefit? Not only operating leverage and more transparency, we are actually improving the customer service and connecting what our end clients can do and they can promise more to their investors. So I think ultimately, yes, there's some financial benefits, there's technical benefits, but really it's going to come down to providing more fingertip intelligence uh, for our institutional clients. So it's all about market data on demand. It's not a tagline. It's something we live every day and technology drives it. I think that's the key for us, Dave. Yeah, let me add on, on from my perspective a little bit. I, I think that the breadth of content that is demanded and, the, and also the demand for customizing that content it, is just going to continue to expand. And you know, we need to be there ready to handle it. And, you know, if we not in the not too distant future, you know, I would expect clients to be able to make a request for any content, have it shaped any way they like to their preference and delivered into their system any way they like with basically zero upfront projects or coding or integration work. It should just be the way we work, kind of like we take for granted in other verticals. Um, it, it, it's not that far into the future, actually, to be able to do things that used to take big projects and you know approvals and whatnot are just going to be kind of happenstance everyday work and and look and we're excited mid-october uh, we look forward to working with ftf proving it so bring our colleague bringing a partner and a customer and talk about the best practices i think that's very important uh, what we've built uh it's the right time it's definitely the right product that we're continuously innovating upon uh, the marketplace is surely accepting where we're moving, and now we're excited to work with you and share some positive experiences on a webinar. So thank you. Yeah, we are having a webinar coming up with you, and it's also mentioned in the, the intro to this FTF Exchange chat. So thank you, guys. Thank you very much for today. Thank you for talking to us. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Eugene. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode of the FTF Exchange podcast. If you would like a turn in the hot seat, reach out to us at info at ftfnews.com and let us know what capital markets topics you'd like to discuss. Also, be sure to sign up to receive our email alert so you don't miss out on listening to future episodes. Just visit ftfnews.com and click the sign up link at the top of the page. Thanks again for listening to the FTF Exchange podcast. <music>